So Matt, why did you bring us out in the middle of nowhere to do a bad movie night? Oh, no, 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 <laughs> Gary. This isn't bad movie night. This is spooky movie night. Okay, spooky movie night. Well, we left the car on the side of the road half an hour ago, and we've been wandering through the woods ever since. What's going on? So Matt found this gothic mansion on Airbnb. We've rented it for the night, and that's when we're going to do our spooky movie night. Personally, I think it's a bad idea. Same here, Ashley. Thank you, Kristen. Oh, it'll be fine. This storm came out of nowhere. We're going to drown. Wait, I see the mansion. It's over there. Let's run for it. Oh, here we are. We made it. Ah, here we are. See, it's not so bad. It's spooky. Exactly, Garrett. And hey, look. Our four movies that we're going to be choosing from didn't even get wet. So I think this is a great time for us to talk about each of these movies and then uh, afterwards randomly choose which one we're going to watch. I have Chopping Mall, where chopping costs you an arm and a leg. (laughs) (laughs) The future has arrived at the Park Plaza Mall, where state-of-the-art security robots are installed as the new automated night watchmen. When an errant bolt of lightning short-circuits the main computer control, these protocol... No, protector robots. I've got Star Wars in my head. Protocol is (laughs) Turns into killbots. On the Loose and Hunting for Human Lives. Directed by Jim Wynorski. The Return of Swamp Thing. Classic. (laughs) Chopping Mall, a.k.a. Killbots, is one of the most beloved cult classics of the 1980s and is presented here fully restored from original negative materials and loaded with a shopping cart full of killer bonus features. So, Gary, you're reading from the back of the Blu-ray there? Yes. Yeah. All right. So, uh, what do you have there, Kirsten? I have Hobgoblins. Kevin just got hired to be the assistant night watchman at an old film vault. Warned to stay out of one mysterious chamber, the rookie guard can't help but satisfy his curiosity and unwittingly unleashes a group of hobgoblins, furry aliens who grant people wishes, only to kill them in the process. As the body count starts to rise, Kevin, with the help of his friends, decide to track down the deadly creatures before they wreak havoc on the city. Director Rick Sloan's cult classic and mystery science theater 3000 fan favorite is a sleazy, low-rent tribute (laughs) to creature features and drive-in fare. Long available only in taped source editions, Vinegar Syndrome presents Hobgoblins on Blu-ray, newly restored <laughs> from its original 35mm camera negative. Vinegar Syndrome, uh, <laughs> just, yeah, that can't be good. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I have Night of the Lepus, the classic Night of the Lepus. The front says, how many eyes does horror have? How many times will terror strike? There was no limit to the horror, no end to the Night of the Lepus. A hormone intended to alter the breeding cycle of rabbits overrunning Arizona ranch lands instead turns them into flesh-eating 150-pound monsters 
in Night of the Lepus. We've all been there. Yeah. Stuart Whitman from Eaten Alive, Janet Lee from Psycho, Rory Calhoun from Motel Hell, and DeForest Kelly from Star Trek are among the intrepid humans facing off against the behemoth bunnies, using guns, flames, dynamite, and anything else in their grasp to battle their oversized, hungry tormentors. Sounds good. That's a childhood favorite of yours? Yes. <laughs> so now I am holding the Blu-ray for uh, Wish Upon, which I think came out in 2017. Uh, it says here in the front, from the director of Annabelle, which I'll try not to hold against it. Uh, it also says here, uh, the tag is, be careful what you wish for. Uh, and on the back, it has a quote from something, rollingout.com, which I've never heard of. <laughs> their, their quote is a non-stop thriller. Uh, so yeah, the, the the teaser on the back of this box says, uh, after her father, Ryan Philippe, was it Ryan Philippe or Ryan Philippe? I always said Ryan Philippe, but yeah. I haven't okay. seen him in a hundred years. Yeah, well, you know. Okay. <laughs> uh, after her father, Ryan Philippe, presents her with a mysterious music box, Claire Shannon, Joey King, is surprised to find her every wish coming true. Her joy slowly morphs into terror as she begins to realize the bloody price of each new wish. So this almost sounds like the monkey's paw. Is that the monkey's paw story? Where like you get the monkey's paw and it'll grant wishes, and you start granting wishes, and it like it's terrifying. Yeah, seen that Simpsons one. <laughs> not, sure, there's probably a Simpsons one. Too. Yeah. Probably based off the monkey's paw. Uh, all right, so that is our four: uh, Chopping Mall, Hobgoblins, Night of the Lepus, and uh, Wish Upon. So instead of our bowl, we have a a plastic. Jack-o'-lantern, uh, you know, <laughs> the kid would carry around on Halloween night with their uh, treats. So Garrett is going to reach in there and uh, pick out the piece of paper that has whatever movie it is we're going to watch tonight. There's four pieces of paper in there. He's going to, uh, yeah, he's going to pick one. He's unfolding the paper. <laughs> this is killing me. Hope it lasts. Night of the Lepus. Night of oh, the Lepus. Alright, okay. Well, we're going to uh, uh, find where the uh, the disc player's at here in the house <laughs> and uh, watch Night of the Lepus. And then we'll be back to talk about it. So we just watched Night of the Lepus, the 1972, uh, according to IMDb, horror sci-fi thriller. Uh, Ashley, I'm going to hand this over to you. This this is the movie you 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 have professed to watching as a kid and liking as a kid, and I know for years you told me that I should watch it. So we we've watched um, it. Yeah, I feel responsible for this. So. <laughs> As a kid, I you know I watched it and I laughed a lot. I thought it was really funny. Um, we laughed a lot tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it, it, so it's about um, well, there's rabbits are um, eating everything in this field and in this whole area, and they call in a scientist to help um, uh, rid rid the farm. I guess it's a farm or a ranch. Mm-hmm. Of of this of these nuisance rabbits and 
um, he basically just performs a lot of experiments on them and um, ends up injecting a rabbit with hormones that, I guess, make it grow. And that rabbit ends up getting loose and somehow, I'm not sure how, but infects all the other rabbits. I'm not sure of the science behind this. It's a bit of a pandemic. Yeah. A rabbit pandemic. Um, and so then the, the town and the ranch is menaced by, by giant rabbits. And I don't know. I think as a, as a kid, I was always really fascinated by, by miniatures and uses, uses, usage of miniatures. And I think the special effects in this movie are primarily miniature sets, regular-sized rabbits and miniature sets that the rabbits get to run around in. And I don't know. I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) I still kind of like it. I still, I I like looking to see how they, um, what's miniature and what's just like a forced perspective. And I don't know. I think they did a fairly good job. I think the, the, the budget for the movie is obviously pretty low, although they, they, they had, had some, some big, expensive stuff. They had some big name stars. You have Janet Lee, you have DeForest Kelly. Um, so you know, I think they spent a lot of money on the cast. Um, and helicopters and they had trains. Helicopters and trains and yeah. So it's not a you know it's not a cheap looking movie necessarily, but you know the special the special effects don't really work and. It's the main problem, and, and I think the filmmakers realized this because when they were promoting the movie, they actually didn't show the rabbits. <laughs> and the, 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 so the problem is it's hard to make rabbits menacing. Yeah, it was so yeah. adorable. <laughs> it was an adorable uh, murderous rabbit. Right. So, so yeah, it, it's a horror thriller that's neither horrific nor particularly thrilling, but... Um, Still interesting to watch. Yeah, and I'm I'm sorry. I actually don't have too much to say about this movie. Uh, Matt, do you have in front of you how how long the runtime of this movie? Uh, uh, Eighty eight minutes. Eighty eight minutes. Sorry, it felt like eight hundred minutes. I know. Yeah, I, like, I, I, I mean, it's not that late here, but I'm like, it's almost bedtime. Right? <laughs> and I each time it would come to like whatever climax of the scene of the thrilling murderous rabbits, it always felt like, okay, so this is when I'm like, no, 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 that's just the, that of that scene. Then there's going to be the next, and it's called night of the leap. It's many nights. Of the leap. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I like it. That, that's probably the biggest problem I had with the movie is just how bored I got. It yeah. Times. The pacing is not good in between the rabbit attacks there's long stretches of very boring exposition or people just walking around flying around in helicopters walking through mines it's it's not very gripping stuff though on the positive note i actually agree with ashley and that uh like it was fun watching the uh effects <laughs> of the perspective that they did with the camera and it, he, but you're right. It, it's kind of silly. They picked rabbits. If, and not only that, it's because, like, we in town have an infestation of rabbits. Oh, and, and those things are, like, they look wild. These rabbits are the cutest, most adorable <laughs> ones you would find at the pet store. And, like, when you pick them up, uh, they put in some some sound effects that make them sound menacing. But, like, I'm certain they just squeaked at them the whole time. And 
but those rabbits looked like they had a blast. Yeah. So <laughs> if anyone was having fun in this movie, it was those rabbits. I like how they slow down the speed of them, too, to make them seem like they're big lumbering beasts. <laughs> yeah, lots of, uh, yeah, as you said, lots of miniature sets, and, uh, which were, you know, sometimes I thought they were mildly convincing, but other times, uh, you know, it was... It was not. Um, we should talk. We should mention how the movie starts out with a gripping uh, five-minute newsreel uh, or newscast about this pandemic of rabbits. I guess there's like rabbits in Australia that are I don't know doing something. But it is the most dry news broadcast ever, and it's like five minutes long. Yeah, they. Uh, yeah, it wasn't set up well. <laughs> wasn't paced well. <laughs> well I, I think it's supposed to give you the sense that this is, you know, ripped from the headlines and could all really happen mm-hmm. or something. Kirsten, what did you think of it? I think my big problem was no one was ever mad at the scientist for making the big <laughs> rabbit and for his mix-up and the rabbit getting loose, spreading all the rabbits. It's very like Tony Stark creating all trouble. Yeah, it's just yeah. everyone still likes him. They want him to stay safe. They're protecting his family. And it's like, this is his problem. Right. I mean, it ends with um, the the rancher, one of our main characters, the, the, uh, coming by and uh, talking to the scientist who's playing football with, I don't know. Uh, and he's basically like invites him back to the ranch. He's like, hey, you know, come bring you and the, you and the wife and kids sometime. And I'm just like, you know, he was the cause of all your problems. right? right. You know, but... <laughs> so I agree with you, Kirsten. Well, the fact that he injected the rabbit with this experimental hormone and then just allowed his child to... Um, exist unobserved or you know unguarded in the in the laboratory, and she's kind of responsible for for how the rabbit got loose. So I would say she is the main villain. Yeah, in the, movie. <laughs> she the like, daughter. Yeah, she like purposely swapped out the control and the sample group mm-hmm. to uh, make sure her favorite rabbit was the one that she was able to protect. Yeah. who had already been injected with whatever that serum was. There's some, I want to mention the editing too. There's some editing problems in this movie. And I was looking at the, who edited it, and he's got a, a, a good career and has worked on some good stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are scenes that just, I mean, they don't look like they're going to end. And then and, and you realize that there's like, for, and for me, there was like a one or two second delay where I'm like, oh, that scene just ended, and now we're in a new scene. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. So. It's just a, it's just a, it's just a mess. It looked good on Blu-ray. No? Yeah, it did. I think, you know, for a 1972 movie, mm-hmm. it looked quite good. Um, and it was directed by William F. Claxton, who I was looking at his credits. A lot of his credits, most of his credits are TV. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. But, <laughs> but. Oh, you know, I did think this felt like a TV movie sometimes. Yeah, I will say too. So I was actually kind of mildly fascinated with, uh, as you were talking about earlier about actually the, the, the rabbit, the killer rabbit scenes with the miniatures. Mm-hmm. Those are actually, I mean, I got to give some kudos. Those were fairly well done mm-hmm. for what, you know, the time for what they were working with. All the rest of the scenes uh, were about as basic and boring as you could direct a scene. And the fact that it's happening on a ranch, it's like the least 
uh, attractive landscape you could have picked. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's just panoramic views of just nothing out there. Yeah. Well, that's the fewer buildings that you have to miniaturize. There you go. <laughs> I mean, they said that, I mean, this is in Arizona, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if they filmed it there, but it is, yeah. I mean, a lot of the movie, except for the nighttime scenes, I mean, a lot of the movie is out in barren, super sunny area. It's not the best horror movie setting. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like the hills have eyes without the hills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, I laughed out loud at some of the rabbit kills because <laughs> it would, you know, it would be scenes of these rabbits, right? And then all of a sudden, it would be a guy in a rabbit suit <laughs> <laughs> for the for the close up when they would, you know, close up of the kills. Uh, they, would, they would jump on a, on a on a person. Yeah, it would be a guy in a rabbit suit. And it would, the, uh, they're give them a little bit of, so do you remember the scene where the rabbits were on top of the cellar door yeah. and they're shooting through the cellar door mm. and it kind of seemed like because they had the rabbits jump up like it was yeah. getting and there was this little <laughs> red splat like I'm like okay yeah it looks like you're shooting rabbits yeah that was pretty good I was wondering if they had like the little wire on the rabbit and was push, pulling mm. it up and then at the same time exploding the ketchup packet <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know at the end, Garrett, we were, you were, you were you particularly were curious about the credits to see if uh, you know Peta. I think it was. <laughs> is like, it Peta who does it? Yeah, uh, people for the ethical treatment of animals. You know, usually at the end of movies that involve animals. Nowadays, I know it's almost all movies. Uh, well, it, it's a, it has to have an animal, or maybe yeah. okay. a- ASPCA or or something like that. But yeah, they have a little thing in the credits, like you know, no animals were harmed. You know, there's there monitored. Uh, we didn't see any such you know notation in 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 this film. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they harmed many, many, many. There was a ton of rabbits. Mm-hmm. It makes you wonder, first, uh, where did they get all these rabbits? Like, do you think one of the producers just had this sort of rabbits at home? Or like, just go to every pet store you can and buy all the rabbits? Could be that. Could be that. I'm also worried about some of the horses we saw in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if they, how they were treated. <clears throat> all right, so let me pose this question to you. Do you think this would work any better if it, if a remake were made today? <laughs> or do you think do you think it's possible, or do you think it, it's just a fool's errand to try and make rabbits look menacing? Well, I mean, I guess with CGI, you can definitely do some creative things. Uh, but, yeah, I, I bet you they most certainly could do something that because yeah you look at a, a lot of these marvel movies and certainly those armies of aliens are not like real people it's just cgi so yeah all they have to do is make them a little mutant probably give them some gigantic bat- like all of a sudden they're walking on two feet you know wielding weapons now and stuff and yeah i bet you they they could probably do it <laughs> uh I, but how do you market that like I think rats would be better. Yeah. Yeah. Rats. yeah giant rats. I, without a doubt, you could make a better movie. That's um, true. But I just, I think it's just inherently silly to try to make a. <laughs> well, more than once I, I thought about Monty Python on the Holy Grail and the scene where there's the killer bunny rabbit. Yes. Uh, and then they're running away. And, and this came before that. This did. And, and perhaps <laughs> if they maybe set up the movie like Killer Crowns from Outer Space. Uh, you can mm-hmm. make it a horror comedy like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're very serious about it. Oh, yeah. They were like, <laughs> like, no, we are doubling down each time. These rabbits will be terrifying. <laughs> well, 
still sounds like it's storming outside. But, uh, <laughs> we might we might be here for a while, but let's uh, let's go ahead then and talk about what our scores are. Oh boy, I didn't so even think out of, of it. Out of ten, uh, Kirsten. Oh, I don't know. Uh, or Garrett. Yeah, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to give it a one and a half. <laughs> okay, Kirsten. Um, I'm going to go with a two and a half. Okay, Ashley. I'll be generous and give it a three. Yeah, I'll give it a three as well. Um, so <laughs> our score then is a two and a half. <laughs> and it's on the tomato meter. I don't <clears throat> know if I've seen a score this lower. It's uh, 8% from critics. 8%? For, oh, yeah, wait a minute. Look that up. Is there an audience score in there? Yeah, 26%. Oh, so we're right in line with the audience. Well, now. except that this is not an average score for yeah. the audience. It's yeah, yeah. 26% of the audience liked it. Exactly. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's two and a half from us. Uh, that is Night of the Lepus. Um, so we're just going to hunker down in this house for the <laughs> night. Uh, maybe watch another scary movie or two. And hopefully it's a better, better weather in the, in the daylight. <laughs> uh, thank you all for listening. Garrett, Kirsten, thank you for joining us. And thanks for having us. Yeah.